0: My name is Samantha Garner, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a Cheeselandian because I take cheese seriously, just like they do in Wisconsin. Go to cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up.
1: This week on Meet and Three, it's our 100th episode. We're breaking the mold to kick off our mini series on global trade:
2: vegetable, fruits, grains, and cooking technique pass from one region to another. And that's interesting that that region transformed that ingredient into their own specialties.
3: There was a time where black pepper was a luxury. And we know that because people were willing to invest huge amounts of money to go to the Spice Islands in order to get uh, pepper. You know, stuff we take for granted now. You know, you go into a restaurant and it's free.
1: Tune in to Meetin 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hello, and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one after your host, Aaron Bresnitz. Happy MLK weekend. I hope everyone is staying safe and staying sane. Take some time to check in with yourself, with your friends and family and loved ones. And if you have a little bit of extra time, please, please do some social justice or get involved, however you define it, because a little goes a long way. I know that we are in the depth and the throes of this terrible pandemic, and it's been an absolute devastation on the restaurant industry but sometimes something really beautiful can come out of such terrible darkness and 10 days regarding her a new festival starting in la on january 21st is one of those beautiful things we sit down with co-owner of all day baby lynn ta and co-owner of botanica heather sperling to talk about the festival to talk how it got started to give a little bit of context of what's going on in the actual restaurant industry and it's really inspiring It's really, really, really a beautiful conversation. I was so happy that they made time for us leading up to the actual uh, festival itself. And then we go into the actual archives. We are so excited to have one of our favorite people, Annie Hart. She is just an absolute dream and has been on the show quite a few times. She has some new music out, which is just so beautiful and so lovely. So check it out. It's a really fun performance and a great conversation from her. So please Sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We talk about
2: food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, Snacky Tunes.
4: Lynn, Heather, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know that anything that is a few weeks before a festival is precious time. So appreciate you making time for us.
5: Thank you. So psyched to be here. Likewise, it's a pleasure.
4: Um, so before we we get into the festival itself, I want to give the listeners a little bit of context about the current state of women working in food. And to be honest, women working in general, I you know saw some of the numbers that came out this week that a lot of the numbers who have worked uh, and left the workforce during the pandemic has been somewhere up to 90 to 100% of women. So what insights can you share? What's the current state of women, if not in general in the workforce, then in the food world?
5: Lynn, do you wanna start and I'll chime in? <laughs> sure. Um- Yes.
6: Globally, from what I understand, um, you're right, Darren. I do believe that a lot of women are making tough decisions and um, they're having to choose between a career, working at home, or working at home by teaching and caring for their families and their children. Um, So a lot of the times, obviously, what makes sense is that women are choosing their families over their occupations. I think what is different about the restaurant industry is that sometimes our restaurants are our children as well. And Mm so what we're discovering Mm -hmm. is that lots of women are still um, in this workforce um, that Heather and I are in as well together. And What's surprising, certainly, by all of us getting together in this new organization is actually the number of women that there are, certainly in just one city. And, you know, imagine all the other cities across the US. Um, And what we thought would be pretty great was if we tried to connect and weave together uh, all of the sisters of Los Angeles. And what we've come to discover is that there are a lot of us.
5: Yeah, it's, you know, it's indisputable that women in the workforce, especially mothers in the workforce are not well supported. And in the restaurant industry, the, the restaurant industry is an extreme example. Um, the hours of the industry, the emotional, mental, physical requirements of being in this industry are just extreme and are, are frankly not conducive um, to being a working mother. And that was the base level reality before we even sprinkled a global industry-destroying pandemic on top of it. And, you know, it's, I think CNN just came out, one of the numbers that you were referencing is that the U.S. economy lost 140,000 jobs last month in December. Yes, that's the number. Yeah, and all of them were held by women, which obviously, uh, you know, I'm a little curious about where that statistics come from. Yes, I mean,
4: I'm sure the percentage is high, but I'm like, 100%? (laughs) Yeah.
5: Um, And, but... The takeaway is that women are disproportionately impacted by this pandemic. The restaurant industry is disproportionately impacted by this pandemic. And as Lynn was saying, it's been incredible through our our work um, starting this new LA nonprofit regarding her. It's been incredible to see how many women there are in LA still working in their restaurants busting their asses in their restaurants. And we want to do whatever we can to help keep them there. We want to help our own businesses survive. And we want to help these women feel supported and empowered because that support and empowerment is certainly not coming from our government, Mm -hmm. city, state, or local. Um, So, you know, what what we're seeing is that to, to try to get through this, whether you're in the restaurant industry or any other industry, industry that's that's struggling, um, but especially in the restaurant industry where there has been just an absolute lack of any industry-specific support on a national level and paltry support on the state level, the only way to get through it, especially to support women, is band together, bootstrap it, and figure out how we can share resources, how we can shine a light on these businesses so that we don't lose more of these incredible people who are a huge part of what make LA's food scene so special and also give it such personality, such character and such passion.
4: I mean, you know, COVID has obviously upended the entire industry, but there has been a bigger shift and really hard look at the industry over the last few years with the Me Too movement and looking at equality, work life balance, support that you brought up as well. In fact, you know, Hannah Sellinger's story about working for David Chang and seeing the David Chang getting recognized for this memoir, and yet the reality of who paid the cost for that really is just so prevalent now. And even more so with COVID, right? I mean, there's nothing to hide behind. There's no glamour. We talked about it a little bit, like that sort of gloss that people look for and that fantasy when it comes to restaurants has come off. Um, and expose a lot of problems. So how are you working together to change that, to support each other, um, which I know is a bit of a, a wide-ranging question, but everything's really come to a head, right? You know, it, it started with a social movement and now there's a pandemic, but you're not sitting back and taking it lying down. In fact, you're, you're working together to change as a community. So what are the most important things that you want to see changed and how do you climb out of this really tough situation for the restaurant industry
6: I mean the way that I look at it and I, I think Heather see you know sees things similarly we're all just trying to survive and almost take it day by day and so what <laughs> we what we know we need every day is um, is a community we need people to come in and literally buy our food and so sometimes what happens in these types of Or moments of paralysis that can happen to all of us, um, like what is what we're experiencing through this pandemic, is we need um, extra nudges. You know, we need to get out of a comfort zone. We need to um, see that there are other options, other ways of supporting. I think it's so easy, and we've all been there throughout this entire pandemic, where we like, how do we help? And the answer is quite easy, but now. What we're trying to do with our organization is to further illuminate more people. What, so instead of just usual suspects of like maybe who you in your own household, you, enjoy supporting, you know, three small businesses, let's say, you know, the point of our organization and the festival 10 days regarding her is to expand our minds and actually literally see and be nudged to try and support other businesses, either within your own neighborhood, if that is, uh, if those are limitations that you have for this pandemic, or perhaps you are expanding and, you know, visiting another restaurant in a different neighborhood that you wouldn't normally know about. And we're, Sometimes we just need to be told what to do, and we're just trying to say, "Hey, these mm-hmm. are ten. These are ten days, and this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna choose ten restaurants or whatever you're gonna do, <laughs> and you're gonna go to these places and support them. Meet the women behind these amazing meals, these beverages, these provisions, merchandise, um, and and feel and we because we all want to help. I mean, that is a universal. Uh, need I see or wish of all of our our guests. I mean, we've just been leaning on our guest community for our individual restaurants, survivals, and they all very much want to stand up and do their part, which has been a really beautiful thing to see.
5: And, you know, I think, and I imagine Lynn and everyone um, who's involved in regarding her would agree. I think women should be and need to be the future of the restaurant industry Mm -hmm. for so many reasons, including what you were mentioning with the me too movement. And as our industry moves very necessarily, um, away from the problematic legacy of Mm -hmm. the, you know, ego chef French brigade system from which the restaurant world is modern restaurant world is descended. And, you know, I've worked before I opened Botanica, um, Three years ago, four—I don't know what time it is anymore. Three or four years ago, before I opened to Botan- Botanica, I was an editor for food publications. I wrote about restaurants for specifically for a decade. So between that and between my work with Botanica, I have spoken with, collaborated with, worked with so many different people in the restaurant world. And you know, obviously, people fall along every end of the spectrum. But I will—I mm-hmm. do feel very comfortable making the generalized statement that women bring respect, care and a more holistic view to their businesses, especially in the restaurant world, than than most. And I think that needs to be the future of the future of what our industry is. It's been an industry that's lacked sustainability, that's lacked a holistic approach to its staff, to its community and this pandemic is, you know, an even bigger wake up call on top of the Me Too movement to, you know, what, what the values of a business should be if they want to be a great and meaningful member of their community. And I definitely see women as the ones who, um, who should lead that charge and, and are equipped to lead that charge. And it's been amazing with, with what, Lynn and I and the other board members have seen since since we started working on regarding her in earnest a couple months ago, the amount of love and appreciation that um, is swirling around this community that that we're starting to create is unbelievable. Uh, you know, amongst the board, amongst the participants and what they're, you know even what they're writing about other restaurants as they just submit our simple like bio form where we have a couple questions about other restaurants in LA and what they love about being a restaurant tour the positivity energy and love that they bring to their work is incredible and i think that that is something that is is really is pretty distinctly feminine and really precious and needs to be preserved and supported and nurtured
6: I agree I with that. you, Heather. I mean, it's – because I think, you know, looking back, we opened our restaurants at similar times. I
5: mm-hmm.
6: I believe I opened Vine in 2016, if I'm to remember correctly. And <laughs> if I were to judge that time and compare it to now, I mean, there there is an isolation sometimes about being a restaurant. Mm. For. I think people look at our community and they're like, oh, they're so collaborative and everybody knows each other. And the truth is, is that we just never – made the time because we're all so busy running, you know, exceptionally difficult um, jobs and restaurants. And maybe even, you know, the mentality before maybe even leaned on a competitive edge. And I don't know if, you know, that's something that men set the precedent of having or what have you. But what's nice about this time that we've begun regarding her is that we're actually calling each other and helping each other. And it could be as simple as do you have a plumber that you can recommend to me? Or I got a COVID case at my restaurant. What did you do? And, and the fact that there is a safety to that, that we can lean on each other. And in this time, you know, Heather and I are lucky that we have known each other for many years, but then we've been meeting so many new women. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy that they can feel that they can reach out, especially these new restaurant tours that have just opened even within the pandemic's time. So I think that that sense of care that Heather is talking about is something that we embody um, and, we, and we can sort of usher it forward to, to, to set the example and more women can be like this and maybe even men too.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing that when you're in the community, you think it's all connected, but it wasn't really until like the formation of something like the IRC. When you realize, oh, it hasn't been as unified, at least formally, other than, oh, we, we all exist and have taken on this monumental task of the same business, which is running a restaurant. Um, I know you both talked a lot about community, and, and I want to get one more question in before we go to the break. But um, obviously, the community in L.A. has come together from the restaurant side in just such a beautiful and amazing way, as you alluded to what is one story or, or one thing that you each experienced that surprised you from the community over the last few months that you could share that gives a little bit of hope to both what we expect in the future and sort of what we can expect from the festival?
6: I think for me at All Day Baby, um, what was so surprising was the sense of, consistency that I would see from a guest. And one would call that becoming a regular. And and I say that because All Day Baby was such a new restaurant. We were only open mm. three and a half months before we uh, were forced to close on March 15th. And we, like many other people, furloughed our whole staff, um, including ourselves, me and my business partner, Jonathan. Um, but we would work and activate in this way and hold online sales for biscuits and what have you. But the, I, I would see guests, and I continue to mm-hmm. see guests in some ways daily or weekly, and I, I have a photographic memory when it comes to names, and so I just see these names over and over and over again, and that's just not something. No matter what kind of restaurant you have <laughs> in the past, that you would see someone every single day at, at, at you know at a thirteen dollar biscuit sandwich restaurant.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
6: And anything that we would do, please donate to this so that we can feed families in Watts. Or I'm going to do a cocktail delivery and I'm going to drive cocktails to myself and include voter information. I mean, people bought it all. Like if you just asked, it it was, it's, I mean, it's astonishing and I'm never, ever going to forget this time or those people. And I owe so many thank you notes on that note.
2: Mm.
5: I love that. I think for me, the the first thing that comes to mind is actually our internal community with our staff. You know, the the way our to to, to see a restaurant staff navigate this and this in our staff is very pretty broadly representative in terms of demographic, socioeconomic background, level of education, everything, what have you. You know, a restaurant is a really hodgepodge polyplot business mm. by nature. And to see the way the staff has so gracefully and so bravely and um just supportively navigated all of this when you know they had the rug pulled out from under their feet. Um and this is everyone from you know the mid-30s person who is a incredible musician who, you know, supplements their life by being a server to the 60 year old dishwasher, non-English speaking immigrant from Mexico who's worked with us from day one. Um, you know, their, their livelihood was thrown into such jeopardy, which as owners, you um, You know, in many cases, our livelihood is thrown into jeopardy, Mm -hmm. but we're also really sort of first and foremost, like scared for the existentially scared for our business itself, because we're responsible for this large group of people who really, truly rely on us. Um, And to see the way that they have come to us with appreciation and patience and understanding and the way they've supported one another. Um, even just the way they've communicated with us during this time has just been the most heart filling, heart exploding thing for me. You know, all of their existences are jeopardized right now in, in some way. And they are navigating it with with grace and care and so much goodwill towards one another. And that has been a really beautiful thing. And I mean, I can say we're open 100% right now. We are only open for our team and we are staying Mm -hmm. open for our team. It's, I mean, we're so happy and gratified to be able to be feeding some of our community as well, of course, but it feels like for us, the most important thing is continuing to try to support these people and like keep a place alive for them to come back to because they've been so grave throughout all of this absolutely heather
6: oh my gosh my <laughs> heart is swelling just listening to you
2: i completely oh gosh. agree
5: i know and it's cool. and i mean you know i don't know i i should definitely have these stats memorized i should be able to rattle them off but i don't have them memorized but i mean you've seen you've seen the statistics about how disproportionately um impacted the industry is in terms of unemployment and oh, all those people who are unemployed are people You know, most of them live paycheck to paycheck and to see this sort of you know to to like to know that it's it's on us to try to help our businesses survive for them is both such a huge weight and also the biggest motivator that could ever exist
4: i love it uh, wow what beautiful things to hear from you um
5: there. So I know.
4: It's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what I love about uh, talking mm-hmm. to people in the industry who believe in it with all their heart. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a song from the mm-hmm. archives and then we're going to come back and talk about everything regarding her. Mm-hmm. Here we go. A song from the archives on snacky tunes on heritage radio network.
7: say This next song is called Giant. This next song is called Melrose. It is <laughs> so weird to introduce the song to nobody through your phone. <laughs> okay, I'm introducing it to my mom who's sitting in the other room. Um, this next song is called Melrose, and I have not yet recorded or released it. Um, but I quite like it for now.
4: and welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are talking with Lynn and Heather and we are talking about regarding her the new 10-day festival that is being well I want to say physically generated and produced out of LA but we'll get into the physical nature of it in a little bit because what I want to go back to is what did the idea start inkling right? That's the great thing about creating something new. It always starts with like a notion or a gut feeling and one could argue that is what makes a great restaurant tour is that gut feeling that just drives your vision. When did this start percolating and was it an individual idea or was there like a collective feeling between people and then someone brought it up and they're like, "Oh my God, I've been having that idea too."
6: Oh, there's always so many feelings. I like the way you describe <laughs> that. Um, I believe towards the end of october um there were there have always been these uh, Zoom invitations for women that own mm-hmm. restaurants to get together and get on Zoom and talk about what they're going through, and that was always being spearheaded by the lovely Dina Sampson, who mm-hmm. is the proprietress of Rosa Blue and Super Fine Pizza with her husband Steve. And Dina um, works in collaboration with the James Beard Foundation, who kind of puts these Zoom links and Zoom rooms together for us. And they, you know, they've sort of activated across. I think 10 other cities in the U.S. to get women together um, to just to just talk and to support one another. And so on one of the um, initial calls uh, within the L.A. group, we also started to talk about, well, what can we do? What can we do? You know, just as women, you know, is there anything that we want to do? And it's all such a blur. And sometimes these Zoom conversations, you know, you don't know where they're going. And sometimes, you know, you're just breastfeeding your infant as far- <laughs> and all of that on Zoom. But um, when we started throwing around ideas of what we could do... Um, you know, for me, my personality is that nothing ever seems like it's enough. You know, is it enough to announce that this is going is, to, you know, is it special enough, so to speak? Um, and that is the question that a restaurateur is asking themselves every single day. Is this dish enough? Mm. Is this, you know, is this concept enough? Is this staff enough of a server or whatever it may be? Um, we ultimately settled on this idea that if we were to hold an event or a series of events, um, was that enough? And then eventually the idea of uh, a grant program got thrown around because the biggest thing that a restaurant needs right now is money. And as Heather had pointed out earlier, we haven't received any restaurant specific aid um, on the federal level and paltry amounts on the local level. And, you know, and these grants are really challenging. The ones that do come up, they're really challenging to apply for. I personally don't have time to do all of that, especially when I'm standing at a register selling catfish sandwiches. So, (laughs) you know, we were like, what if we raise a lot of money? We ask brands that still have all that money laying Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. and we tell them to give it to us because we are hardworking women and we deserve it. And we pitch it to against a festival, and essentially, if we raise enough money—if we raise five hundred thousand dollars and a hundred women participate in this situation—then wow. everybody gets five grand, and we'll just write these checks, and it'll be fabulous. And so, after one of those calls where where all of that got born, you know, probably in the last five minutes, the call yeah. ended with, um, "Well, Lynn thinks of interesting names for her restaurant. Why doesn't she think of the name for this?" So. I did. I, you know, I had one of those in the shower sort of moments and, um, there was actually one name before regarding her and regarding her is the mutant version of that name. But we, I, I don't know, I can't speak for you, Heather, but I, I've sort of really fallen in love with regarding her. It just sort of works for a lot of it. things. It's great. Um, so it's great. yeah, that's what happened.
5: <laughs> and Lynn and Dina are just doers. They are mm. doers the likes of which I really have rarely, if ever, seen. It is a beautiful and incredible thing to to watch and to witness. And I, I don't know exactly how the board came together. Some of those wheels were in motion before I hopped on a week or so later. This all happened very quickly, which really speaks to the fact that we, we basically, without even realizing it, we were all sitting around just desperate for something to do to help. (laughs) And so um, a a group of us just jumped up and stood at attention um, with with Lynn and Dina as ringleaders and started working our butts off on on building this concept, which as Lynn said, is is a festival, um, 10 days regarding her, featuring women-owned restaurants and food businesses across Los Angeles. Um, It's a Grant program, which is in its nascent stages, we're solic- mm-hmm. soliciting corporate sponsorship for that. Um, we have Open Table on board as our first sponsor, which is amazing. We're also accepting public donations. So if anyone goes to the Regarding Her Food website and donates, that money will go directly into the the needy pockets of a, of an la of a woman owned la food mm-hmm. business eventually. Um, and, and then beyond that, our goal longer term is to build a really, really useful, highly effective and meaningful um, industry organization for the women in L.A. Um, we have some plans to create a mentorship program. We would like to create some shared resources that will enable enable people who are launching their first businesses, expanding their businesses, growing their business in any way to use these resources. Um there's nothing that like this that exists and you know Darren, mm-hmm. you mentioned the the IRC earlier mm-hmm. which sprung into action and has done really really meaningful and important lobbying work on behalf of the independent restaurant community nationally since the pandemic hit, which is amazing um, and it's equally deeply depressing that we never had any representation. Mm. Um, lot, you know, any lobbying interests prior to this. And, you know, and we don't have strong networking organizations. There are some national ones, um, of course. And there are some things that, you know, there are nonprofits that occasionally yeah. bring people across the city together to, you know, for one-off events. And you get to see and, you know, talk in brief snippets with some of your other restaurant owners that, that way. There's, you know, a uh, uh, Women Chefs and Restauranteurs is a national Networking organization that's existed for quite a few decades at this point, but there was nothing locally that um, was able to be really meaningful and really useful. So that's what we are hoping to create. And it all starts with 10 days regarding her kicking off on January 21st.
4: You know, you alluded to this before in the first segment and bringing up the IRC. And it's interesting when you look at the two sides of the same coin that is COVID for this festival. On one hand, um, it's somehow given you time to come together or at least force you together to plan something like, like this, which may have been a great idea, but if things were in full swing, maybe you didn't have that extra time to plan something like this. But on the flip side, you're also planning a festival, which normally would have a physical component, at least a food festival, during the pandemic. So what is the balance? How are you inspired and given the time that you have now and the force that you need to because of the pandemic, but then also plan this festival during a pandemic and keeping everyone's safety, but also making it engaging at the same time?
6: I think you just, when something It's just when you know, it's like falling in love with someone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just, there's a sense of motivation and encouragement. And I, I mean, I am working at the, I've, you know, I had to furlough all of my managers. So I'm the sole front of house Mm -hmm. team member at All Day Baby. So I work in the restaurant at least 40 hours a week. And as I mentioned earlier, I do stand at that register and I sell sandwiches or pack sandwiches and staple the bags
4: and all of that. Yeah, don't but- don't don't let me uh, imply that you're working any less during this <laughs> time. But it's just you you know you have these ideas and you're like oh we have to do the restaurant right. This, right. this idea came out of being like we need to have a collective space and support each other. And that's right. like the the irony of COVID shutting everything down. It doesn't mean you're working less. So I wanna I wanna make that clear that I know how much you're working right now.
6: But I, I I do understand what you're asking, um, which is it's so easy to, especially in the before times, to mm. immediately go to saying, we wouldn't have time to do something like yeah. that. Why? You know, why? What is the why? And, you know, and we find that some people might still have that thinking. But I think because the nine of us, the board members, are literally the same as the other women that we're trying to reach we're busy, we're doing our restaurants, but we're also going to come together and we're going to connect each other. So I think they just feel excited to join us too. And, um, you know, and it's sometimes it's as simple as I'm a women owned coffee maker and I just launched a brand, but I can't seem to reach any restaurants. You know, I can't get them to get a meeting, you know, have a meeting with me. And, and then, you know, and then in the span of an hour, we connect them to all of the participating restaurants that served coffee, and now that coffee brand called Cafe Sita is now in going to be in those restaurants. And it it's it's simple things like that. And because that is such a gratifying moment for me, I just feel I, ha- I ha- we have to keep going. It motivates me even further. I thought I couldn't get up early enough, and I woke up much earlier than usual today just just to get stuff done. You know.
4: Mm. Yeah. I think that extra layer of showing up for community is something mm -hmm. a little novel, which, which when you are building community all around your restaurant, but to build it with all the restaurants as being the customer in money way, that's, that's something that's a a bit new these days. Mm -hmm.
5: And you know, the nature of a, of a festival in the time of pandemic is that it's, it's going to be a a little bit nebulous. It's a little Mm -hmm. amorphous. And, but the reality is that this is motivated by our desire to, just shine as much attention on these businesses as possible. Get as many people in LA and beyond as possible thinking about women owned businesses, women-owned restaurants. And if you know, if they're in LA order one of the specials that they're offering for the festival. Mm-hmm. If you're not in LA, tune into one of the virtual events that we're going to be having, or go onto one of these, you know, use our restaurants list on the regarding her food website as a guide for, for chefs and owners and restaurants to learn about. And a ton of them actually have on to- online retail and you can go on and order their sauces. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
5: It's just, you know, our hope is that, even though it's it's weird we're not having one really easy to understand big you know in-person event or like there's there's not one very specific format that everyone has to follow um, those sometimes are a little more easily understood and more easily digested but it was essential to us to try to create something that would work for anyone who wanted to be involved and really our, the, our hope is that it just gets people to pay a little extra attention to these extra special businesses during this week and hopefully beyond.
4: I love it. So, you know, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about the programming um, and everything can be found online, but what is one or two of the events that you are most excited about?
5: Oh, yes. good question. There are so, so there's, many. There are so many. There are so know, many. That, that's that why I narrowed it to. down,
4: because we could spend another 20 or 30 minutes talking about it.
5: So I'm very excited for some of the virtual events. We're going mm-hmm. to be having a a handful of really interesting conversations. Some of them are, are in collaboration with Now Serving, the cookbook store in, in Chinatown them. in LA, who pre-COVID, had a really robust speaker and conversation series. Um, there's going to be a conversation with Ruth Rachel and a handful of, of um, women restaurateurs and chefs in LA who are also mothers about, um, about the food scene in LA, women in LA, and also what it is to be a parent, not just to a human child, but a restaurant child. As Lynn said, when you own a restaurant, like it, it truly is a baby. Um, and interestingly, this conversation with, with Ruth was inspired by something that some other women restaurateurs said to her in a prior conversation where you know, they were talking about balancing being a parent and being a restaurateur and she asked how they did it. And they said, well, we're shitty parents. (laughs) And that, that feels, uh, that feels like a more real, choice than ever right now as a parent of both a restaurant and a human, I can say. Um, So we're going to have some great conversations. There's going to be a conversation about being second-generation restaurateurs in L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very excited about those as well as there's going to be so many delicious specials um, at restaurants all across the city and a ton of collaborations. There are examples of two, three restaurants joining up and doing some really cool collaborative offerings. Um,
6: One of my favorite ones is this... um cheese box and uh, four, four women owned LA cheese shops. Those are going to be L- Lady and Larder, DTLA Cheese, Milk Farm and Claremont Cheese Cave. They're coming together to form a female founded creamery cheese box and oh then God. also attached to that will be a virtual tasting so then these women can then explain what the cheeses are because sometimes you're just eating these cheeses and you don't know um, and there's obviously a robust stories behind each of these cheeses and so I'm, I'm personally really excited for that.
4: And then, um, That sounds amazing. Doesn't that sound heart, amazing? I don't know if my heart and cholesterol are as happy about it but I <laughs> I, I, I am excited.
6: Yes. And then I know um, one of our board members, Sylvie, um, she's the owner of Love and Salt and um, she's a generational restaurant owner. Her father, she grew up in yeah. restaurants. Her father had them. But I know she is collaborating on a um, Pasta kit with semolina mm. artisanal pasta,
0: and they
6: yes, and they're gonna make they're gonna teach us how to make cacio e pepe, and then mm. Kim Prince, one of our other board members from Hot Bill Chicken, she's just gonna log on all virtually right. and also cook the pasta and provide commentary and hopefully some Amazing. fun and some humor. And I, I just love all of that. She probably because she tells me all the time that her 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 game is frying chicken, so yeah, I bet she's doing, just trying to learn.
4: She's doing a special – she's doing her like secret menu taco, right? Yes. Uh, catfish hot – hot catfish hot chicken taco uh, yes. as part of the festival too, which is ex- exciting.
6: Yes. That's um, going to be at Sokolow with Susan Feniger and Mary Sue Milliken. And I had uh, no idea she even had a secret taco menu, but it's no, tacos and yeah. potatoes.
4: It's awesome. I mean everything – I've learned is better wrapped in a flour tortilla (laughs) or corn, whatever your preference. We're not here to judge. Um, Well, listen, I I know that this is going to be amazing. I know that this is going to be just the start because what I'm excited about is joining virtually in 2021 and then being there in person in 2022. So I can't wait. If people want to get more information, buy tickets, order everything. What's the hub? Where can people go?
6: They can go to our website. Um, it's regardingherfood.com slash events. That's going to yeah. list the whole full list of programming and activations and specials that every restaurant tour is going to offer. And then there's other tabs on that fancy website too. The donate tab, the shop tab, which I know you like to shop. We already have the
2: sweatshirt. Well,
6: we have a really lovely sweatshirt, a regarding sweatshirt that comes in both red and navy. And the proceeds, the profits to that sweatshirt do go to our developing grant program.
4: Yeah. And the grant program, which I know you touched on, is really incredible. And is there more information about how to apply and get, you know, if I want to -to 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 get involved with the grant program, it's on the website as well.
5: We haven't launched that part of it yet. That will be forthcoming. Right now, we're just trying to raise meaningful funds to distribute. Mm. So there's more information when you go to the grant part of the website. When you click donate, there's more information about what the program is intended to be. And right now, the way to engage with that is, of course, donate if you feel so inclined. Um, If you happen to know a, a brand, a business who you think might be interested in donating in a bigger way, Email us and let us know. We'd love to talk to them. And then um, our goal after we get through the festival and once we start to develop her into it's more into its sort of longer term mm-hmm. self um, we will be launching the specifics for applying for the grant program.
4: Amazing. Well, that and then
5: also on the website forevermore will live a really amazing list of of the women. Owners and restaurateurs and chefs and women-owned restaurants in LA that have signed up to be members, um, mm. and so that in itself is just an awesome resource. Where you can yeah, just oh take yeah. In this, this breadth and the power and the awesomeness of the women of LA food.
4: Yeah, I can't wait to be using that for future show concepts. So thank you for putting that together. I I deeply appreciate the research that's going into it. It's going to make life easier for story sharing later on. <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, like you, thank you so much. I I, I cannot appreciate uh, say my appreciation more for you two running two great restaurants, but on top of that, launching everything and sharing so much great stories and emotions about the community it does warm my heart uh, as we head into. Um, well, I mean it's winter here, but you can never tell if it's really winter uh, in LA. Um, but thank you so much.
6: We appreciate thank you, Darren. supporting her. We appreciate you.
4: Of course, of course. And I got to say, I've been that sweatshirt is very cozy. I say that from it someone sounds who's bought. It's great, right? <laughs> I've bought a lot of sweatshirts. Not a lot of people do red. Not a lot of people do red sweatshirts. Uh, so it's, it's a great collection. I can justify adding something else to so my already overflowing sweater drawer. Um, <laughs> we have a, another song from the archives and then a live band from the archives here on Snacky Tunes on HRN.
8: Rolling down the mountain, Rolling down the mountain Running to the sea Can't you feel my heartbeat Steady as a drum, babe Steady as a drum, babe Crawling to me oh, 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 How time moves slow And Fill it in, fill it in your soul Let me hear you go Oh, oh
2: Oh
0: This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. My name is Samantha Garner and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a Cheeselandian because I take cheese seriously just like they do in Wisconsin. Cheeselandia is a community for loud and proud cheese lovers brought to life by Wisconsin Cheese. I know that I can always cook amazing food with their cheese and it's even good enough just to snack on. As a Cheeselandia member, I know there is always a supportive community behind me who always gets as excited as I do about cheese. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more. And if it's for you, sign up. Check us out on Instagram at Cheeselandia.
4: It's so good. That is 100% Greg the mine's total sweet spot for music. Um, Annie, welcome back to the Snacky Tunes. Hi. It's so good to see you.
1: It's so nice to see you. And
4: uh, it's so funny because when uh, Radical Dads, who are so awesome, who are also about to drop a kid. Two kids. Two kids. So many play dates yeah yeah what no
1: they're both they're moving
4: oh they're moving
1: robbie's moving to california and then chris and Lindsay are moving to new jersey so i'm just gonna cry
4: oh man i'm gonna stay
1: home and cry and
4: heather's in san francisco heather's
1: in san francisco what what do i have left in my life
4: i don't know just like a a handsome husband and two beautiful children (laughs) and your music
1: oh yeah and cooking
4: and cooking so so i guess nothing (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> welcome back. It's so good to see you. I always love seeing you, but it was funny because I guess you were sitting down when I saw you and I didn't realize that you're like th- two weeks from dropping this kid. Yeah. Um, and then when I saw you, I was like, she is very pregnant. Yeah. But like in the most beautiful way possible. Oh, thank you. Um, So welcome. Thanks. So happy. Ditto. Solo project.
1: Solo project. Which was
4: a surprise. It was just on my, I think, I want to say either Facebook feed or Instagram feed or something that uh, I was like, oh, she's doing a song. And I was like, it's a good song.
1: Oh, Thank you.
4: Can't stop, won't stop.
1: Can't stop, won't stop. It's like Heather's gone. I, you can't have a trio and downgrade to a duo without betraying the essence of the trio. So you kind of just have to go it alone.
4: You could start a new group called Heather. Heather. Heather moved away.
1: Heather moved away, and I hate it.
4: First song is whatever. <laughs> um, so what? So what's, uh What made you want to do the solo project?
1: Well, it's kind of like I. I started playing music because. I just have always been hypnotized by music I've always been obsessed with just mm-hmm. playing Playing by myself And I never thought anybody in the whole world Would ever want to hear it And then I've been encouraged over the years To either join bands Or were, was literally forced to join my first band And then You know I came to this place where Why am I going to be alone playing synthesizers There's more to honor the synthesizers That I've been spending so much money on Than anything else I fe- I feel like if you have these ideas, you should share them.
4: Yeah. It's like honoring your sushi knife.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, so I told you about my sushi knife. I went to Kyoto. We were on tour. Au was on tour. I did not know that. Okay. okay, go on. And we're in Japan. And I found... So there's this... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Aritsugu or something. There's like a very famous sushi knife place in Kyoto. But then apparently... That's just like the tourist trap one. But there's this dude who's like 90 years old. Mm -hmm. And I had to take a taxi really far out of town. He is right across from this temple. So I guess a lot of people go there. But he doesn't speak English. And you have to like, he makes these knives. He forges these knives in his backyard and sells them (laughs) to anybody who wants a
4: knife and you got one
1: I got one and it was great because I, I'm mostly vegetarian so I mostly cut up vegetables and we were drawing pictures and miming he taught me how to sharpen the knife you know, I don't know it was great and ever since then I've been obsessed with this knife Sliced. it's so sharp
4: so sharp those cucumbers so thin so thin so thin do you want to play a song for us?
1: Yeah. What
4: do you want to play first? First.
1: Um, I guess I'll play breathing underwater. Breathing underwater. Even though you already played it at the intro. Yeah,
4: but that was a recorded one. Put a little. Put a little live.
1: This is different keyboards.
4: Okay. Um, are you all set up with the microphone and everything? I do, you have to, so. do I have to do anything? Let me see.
1: Let me just check. Me just check.
4: Oh, you're good. Thank you.
1: Thanks.
4: You can talk on that microphone. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. like uh, Liz as is as as saying well. no. Oh, Taskmaster Liz. All right, I'm back. Oh, my goodness. I can goodness. handle this.
3: Yeah. it.
4: So, how is the writing process now with just you without the, the trio? I mean, are you like, you're like I'm going to put this, this sound here?
1: Well, I got to say, it's, it's really hard because I've been so reliant on Heather and Erica to kind of <laughs> you are so sweet.
4: <laughs> we're just playing musical chairs. There we go.
1: Kind of literally. Um, <laughs> oh, I so like it, it's it's funny because when when I work with Heather and Erica, I um, I have them to rely on about like what sounds good and what doesn't sound good, mm-hmm. and we're all so brutally honest with each other that. It makes it really easy to trust them and to trust yourself. But it's kind of like, Oh, this sounds great. Oh, that sounds great, but I did notice that most of my songs have become incredibly simple.
4: Really? Oh, because you're just focusing on just getting it out?
1: Or just like this sound this song sound this sound sounds good.
3: Right, and then you're done. You move yeah. on. You don't have that feedback that people be like, actually it sounds good, but maybe
1: Yeah, plus there's not six hands. There's only like I have two hands and yes, I'll have like 10 tracks of keyboards, but you
4: know, it's easy. It's easy. This track sounds done. Let's go. But Next. then, reco- learning time. to learning
1: yeah. to record is really difficult.
4: Oh, when you're by yourself.
1: Yeah, and also dinner time is a problem because my I have my studio in my basement.
4: Yeah, and oh, then the man. kitchen is
1: right upstairs, and so you're just like, oh, I don't really feel like comping. You would know, be really great using my new Japanese chef knife. Oh it's yeah,
4: true. <laughs> man, it's that I mean, it's the same creative process, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. What cooking and uh, making music? music? Totally different things.
1: Well, I mean, I guess they both require creativity and ingredients. Okay, I'm starting to see the analogy. I
3: don't really see it. I think it was bad, and he's trying to save it. Oh, man. Let's leave the the cooking to the chefs. Man, we
4: have been trying to just draw this analogy between food and music for like seven or eight years. Okay, so you got your
1: ingredients. Okay. And if you don't have quality ingredients, it's not going to work out.
4: Right, and if you don't have quality synthesizers, you're not going to make a hot track.
3: Yeah, but some of the best music I've ever heard has been made on like really bad equipment. Oh, that's true.
1: Yeah, but but j- what what constitutes bad?
3: I mean, just like you know, like instruments that people bought at like Walmart or got as gifts, but yet they just did a really great job. Yeah, I'm really just trying to to to, to lay into. Darren's yeah, he's, idea he's, got
4: here. He's, he's got it. He's got it's cool. I'm not I assume... buying it.
3: I'm not, not totally buying. Not, it. I've had, n- I've had a lot of like amazing meals cooked on like things that I wouldn't want to eat. George Foreman grills. I I've had a lot of not a lot, but I've had a few. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I think uh, Thomas Keller uses them at uh, per se, right? Wouldn't know. Really? <laughs> Wouldn't know. I'm
3: just kidding. But uh, I'm just kidding. But, but, but Timmy down the hall in college. Really oh yeah, used and he was great.
4: Timmy Keller. Uh, never mind. Um, so the the writing process is a little different. Do you enjoy do you do you enjoy the solo process and just like figuring like seeing where your brain takes you uh, with not being edited?
1: I mean, it's it's cool because. I think this the schedule really suits my life. It's like, okay, I have 45 minutes at night now that I have a kid to like get stuff done. So it makes it makes rehearsing and writing a lot more free because I feel like I have this I can just do it without having to run it by anybody so I can do it on my own time whereas before we would have to schedule something where we would all be around and we mostly did our writing collabor- collaboratively so you know that takes a while. This yeah. is just more simple but I do miss them.
4: Oh, they're amazing women.: I know. Yeah, it's weird. It's okay, but I'm getting it, used to it. Yeah. You, you, maybe you can like a, start like a family band like the Trackenbergs. Trachtenber-
1: do you feel like that's tra- I mean no, I don't know about the Trackenbergs. I don't know them personally, but do you feel like that that whole concept is kind of like child exploitation? Like I try not to have Henry on any of my public music, public persona
4: things. I heard Henry actually didn't want to be on your tracks that's what I read in, that's what I read in the trade <laughs> but uh, I
1: feel like it might be like taking advantage you
4: don't want to do like a blue every track with Henry with the new the new one
1: no not really but you know what Henry is really good for he he is just as brutally honest as Heather and Erica really yeah like breathing underwater he loved he wanted to hear it all the time I was oh I played I list, I looked at my iTunes I had the demo played like 87 times oh, while wow, playing it in the car number, for him number
4: one yeah. with a bullet right
1: <laughs> no
4: um, but were there other tracks where he's like, "Mom, no."
1: Yeah, he'll uh, if I play one that's like kind of a downer, he's like, mm, "That's too boring."
3: Ooh, way harsh.
1: I know it's I great mean, kids though. Are, they're uh,
3: honest though. It's kind of like nice to hear it. It's refreshing.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, really into it.
3: All right, can we hear a track that he likes? Yeah. Okay, what is it?
1: This one doesn't have a name yet.
3: Can
4: can we call it Henry's Song?
1: It's about my uh, this guy I was sleeping with in high school.
4: Let's Ooh. not. Let's definitely not, call, <laughs> let's definitely not call. definitely not call it Henry's Song. Um. Okay. Well, this this one goes to. Uh, do you want to say his name? No. No. Well,
1: I, he was cheating on his girlfriend. You were. He was, he was like, if you sleep with me, I'm gonna totally break up with her and go out with you. And then I did, and then he didn't. But we still kept on sleeping together. Still
4: friends. No. Godfather. Uh. <laughs> Henry's Godfather. <laughs> no. Uh. Here we go. Annie Hart again live here on Snaggy Tunes. Awesome. Very nice. Oh, thanks. thanks. Oh, yeah. So, what's the plan? EP? LP? Double A? I don't a? know.
1: What are you supposed to do?
4: I don't... I'm, I don't... I've, I what? put out two EPs in my entire life, and they both... No one ever listened to them, so...
1: Yeah. I, so, are you supposed to, like, hire a publicist and print it and everything?
4: Uh, you, you're the one with a successful music career.
1: That's true. Okay. I guess I do know what You, you know do. what
4: you did. It, the, you got flown all over the world to play your music.
1: Yeah. So, you yeah. know... And paid. And Not paid. Not just the flight. And free food. Oh my god! Oh my god, guys, you have what to go on tour. Oh, that, oh you go yeah, on geez. tour. We saw you on tour. Yeah, I saw you several on t- times.
4: Yeah, and then you can also make salads in the bathroom in the dark.
1: Oh yeah, you remember that story? That is story. Oh,
4: so good. You can listen. That's that's uh, from the last episode with um, salad for president. Oh yeah. That was.
1: I still do that, and you know, I started taking photos of my hotel salads. It's on my Instagram, Annie Hart for sure. You can see some of my hotel Annie salads. Annie for
4: sure. It's it's a good it's a good gram. The gram game's good.
1: I was pretty wasted when I came up with it, so thanks.
4: Whatever uh, works. Yeah. It's Whatever's <laughs> clever, as I say. Um, I don't know. You put an EP out. I mean, you're about to have another kid, so touring is going to be...
1: Yeah. I, I, but also, I've, I haven't played any concerts yet by myself, and I think it's kind of... I'm, I'm, I want to have like kind of an art element to it, because I'm so used to having Heather and Erica with me, where I'm like, oh, you... nobody's watching me, so I can just be happy oh, and be relaxed.
4: come on. No one's watching you,
1: but you can like get into that mindset. No uh, okay,
4: one's watching. I'm watching you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not in that way. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of her. She's doing so well. Oh, yeah. thinking,
1: well oh, I was thinking. I'm. missed my cue for the song. What There's song? a police song about that. Oh. But anyway.
4: Yeah. Or yeah. There's a lot of songs about watching people,
1: <laughs> like
4: private eyes. <laughs> yeah hung out with my dad that morning this isn't like Hall and Oats it was pretty nice.
1: Okay so I have this thing with Hall and Oats where until I was maybe 21 I thought their name was Halling Oats.
4: Oh my god.
1: Right? And then I found and then I like bought my first Hall and Oats thing and I was like oh it's Hall and Oats. And well, then you know I just discovered my friend sent me this link she remembers the story cuz she thought I was so stupid. And then she sent me this thing. there's a Hall and Oats granola company that's getting sued as of last month by Hall and Oats.
4: That's so good
1: Somebody else had that idea It's not just me
4: There's a thing called call notes Which is a <laughs> A call number Where you can call And They Like press one Private eyes Press two Like true? rich girl Yeah
1: That's just, like the They might be giant style The song
4: Oh yeah Yeah <laughs> St- Stuff when Yeah It's like oh They got a touchdown phone What can we do
1: Yeah I wish I had a
4: Now if only call I, in. Now if only I had songs on demand I wish that technology Still existed
1: what do you... Did you listen to some, Wait a second. What? I'm, I'm making jokes. <laughs> I was like, what?
4: The jokes are so bad. You know, you're, you're on know. fire today. Yeah, on fire.
1: But maybe that's what I should do with the music.
3: Yeah, that'd be a fun art project. Yeah. Call this number to listen to, to the track. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then I could just put up demos. Yeah. And then it's not as permanent as like SoundCloud or whatever. I don't know. Spotify.
4: Or, true. Or you can just have Henry uh, like them up to the top. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um so you're going to keep recording demos yeah you're going to put out the second child yeah uh that's awesome thanks and then maybe tour ep something like that
2: yeah
1: i think i'm going to play some shows in new york i mean i have a bunch of friends who own really cool venues so i i'm going to have my friend kind of do some kind of overhead art projection cool. while i play and i'm going to bring all my good my best synthesizers which i've been told by synthesizer lovers that you I'm forbidden from bringing out of the house. Oh, really? Yeah, these synths I'm playing today are great synths, and talk about garbage, one of them is kind of a student-slash-child model. Um,
4: <laughs> My very first synth.
1: <laughs> um, but I got some other really fancy synths that I think deserve to be showcased.
4: Are you not supposed to take them out of the house?
1: No, I mean, they're so delicate. They're the kind of H- thing that are security. made for studios. Like, <sighs> I bet Genesis wouldn't even tour with them.
4: Uh-oh. <laughs> are those fighting words I don't know Phil Colli- I mean Phil look Phil's gonna do what Phil's gonna do you <laughs> know I what I mean
3: sense at home yeah um
4: alright well where can people go to SoundCloud oh
1: yeah it's SoundCloud slash Annie hyphen heart there's other Annie hearts out there that are not me
4: imitations not to be trusted yeah <laughs> uh, how do we know it's you
1: how do you know it's me uh, there's a picture of me with sunglasses
3: okay cool mom super cool mom
1: super cool mom
3: Man, that wedding having a, a backyard. Yeah, there's a crazy, awesome wedding going on. No, that back. was
1: my applause button for super cool mom. Oh, yeah. Well, no, they were they they're
3: with you. They like totally agree. It's all family all the time. They did a right
4: um, acapella version of "Don't Stop Believing," which. Uh, yeah.
3: All right. Let's wrap.
4: They also
1: yeah. sing, Didn't they also sing um, Gloria in Excelsis Deo? When I walked in, they were singing uh, like Christmas carols.
3: Maybe they were <laughs> like doing. They wasn't. were doing the, all the Jewish wedding songs hey, man, out there. It's your wedding is <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Inter- It'll be yours. Religion. Next March twenty seventh. Uh, I'm gonna just plan it around. Just uh, do I get to go to your wedding,
4: Ooh. dude? You're gonna
3: come to the bachelor party. The, I actually. That's true. I was I was speaking to somebody. I actually met. I was. I have a friend who the other day was he got to go to a bachelor party, but he wasn't invited to that guy's wedding. That doesn't make any sense. It made he, no sense. He to he, me. Mu- he must have really fucked up during the bachelor party. Yeah. I think. The, yeah. I, no. Like, no. I don't. No. No. I don't. I don't think it was ever part of the plan. I just thought that was really strange.
4: Essentially, what I've learned that if you invite anyone to the pre-wedding events, uh, yeah, you have to invite a party. To the big party, deal. They got to come to the main the big, event. Yeah, to the main event. Yes. Ah, I want to know what
3: that was. What I'll tell that- you a little bit more about it offline.
4: Oh, okay. Wow. Um, no, you'll be coming, and there's engagement uh, party. We're gonna go to Montreal. It'll be fun.
3: I'm. Uh, I i can not imagine what going to Montreal with you might be like.
4: Yes, you can because we did it, and it was delicious, deliciously decadent, if you yeah, will. Yeah, it was crazy. Poutine was,
7: forever.
3: I know, it was the the craziest blizzard I've ever experienced. We we got we drove into Montreal the day after the largest snow. Single snowfall.
4: And ever for Montreal? That's a lot.
1: Wait, so it happened the day after? No, the day, we went. drove in yeah. the
4: day before. Oh, the day yeah. before, and we were driving around, and we eventually just had to shovel out a parking spot. We we we, we were like driving. We got in like one at night, and we went and got like uh, God, so much shoveling. Doesn't hot that weekend. Doesn't yeah. hot uh, Saint-Victor bagels, and oh yeah, yeah. We were living. We, the place we had was uh, equidistant from uh, Fairmont Saint-Victor.
1: Oh my God! I used to live like right around in that area very
4: lucky very lucky
1: yeah i know and we would just every day try out each different bagel and decide which one is our favorite but let's I see today remember. i'll have a
4: sesame and then tomorrow i'll have a sesame and then i the will have a sesame <laughs> uh,
1: and they're so small it's like you can just eat as many as you want oh yeah they don't oh. even count as bagels
4: no
3: not like these behemoth new york ones no uh we don't have enough time to talk about new york bagels we can do a whole montreal edition of this show oh. one day yeah you know oh, what i'm looking
1: God. for in new york hot pretzels when are we going to start no. the Gourmet Hot Pretzel Brigade?
4: Um, I don't know. I think people still are bummed on carbs. Right? No. No? I don't know.
1: I think you there's a carb carbs. backlash.
4: I don't know. A hot, pretzel, a hot pretzel and mustard bar would be phenomenal.
3: It's true.
4: Doing sandwiches. They used to ever go to Philly and they have like sort of like a figure eight pretzels and you cut those in half and you make that that's your bread for a sandwich.
1: No. Did I just
4: explode your mind?
1: you know everybody's always like oh philly's the next williamsburg and now I'm not true of, not true right well obviously it's Thank not true God. but now but don't you aren't you like intrigued a little by philly
3: i grew up in philly i love it philly's wonderful it's no sixth borough well we know <laughs> the, the new york times keeps telling me it keeps all telling. Day, every day that the sixth borough is los angeles
4: yeah Oh yes! So a-
3: there was another article today about New Yorkers packing up and going to Los I saw that. Los who you
4: know does what? that? Who packs up
3: and moves All to L.A.? Oh my
1: friends, because I I'm don't know. Like- maybe
3: maybe you, jerk. <laughs> Whatever. Have fun. <laughs> Take your beard out there. Take yeah. your
1: beard out there. Go say hi to everybody. I'm always like, oh, I haven't seen you in a couple months. Let's hang out. Oh, I'm in L.A. If
3: I, sh- if Constant.
4: You, you have uh, full permission to punch me in the face of Travis and I by matching fedoras, <gasps>
3: I'm just, I'm not gonna punch you in the face. Whatever. <laughs> You know, just, just have fun. Just have fun. Have fun in that fedora. Maybe I get a bucket hat. I don't know. So many options. You're definitely getting cargo pants.
1: <laughs> wear oh. a KFC, bucket
4: yeah, definitely getting some cargo, cargo pants shorts. Some tevas. Oh yeah. You so, guess what? My toes are gonna get so tan out there.
3: <laughs> Such a jerk.
4: <laughs> um, all right. Well, we have time for one more song. Oh really? Do you not want to play one more song?
1: I mean, I could. Well, you're not. It's violin. kind of a downer song. That's fine. Is that okay? Yeah.
4: We'll just tell Henry not to listen. <laughs> um, I want to thank you. Thank you to Brutal Mag, Joe and Nick, Feeding the Fire. And on May 12th, we return for our eighth season of the Barbecue Blowout. We have the wonderful boys of Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Co. Shout out, Adam and Vinny. Shout out to those two guys doing grilled fish tacos with Gustavo Salsa. And Gustavo is going to be on Snacky Tunes next week. And we have the wonderful men of Turing Machine, uh, Justin and Scott, throw into the decks down it's a good tradition it's, really, it's the
3: kickoff to summer
4: it's a kickoff to summer May, May 12th ticket sales are actually really awesome so they should be you I can go to, totally Heritage, to Radio, Heritage Radio Network dot org and look for the barbecue blowout poster um, or if you go to BBQ Blowout May 2015 dot com.
3: nobody's gonna remember that
4: <laughs> just go to heritagenetwork.org dot org and you can see the poster Liz is Liz is thumbs up to that shaking her head at, at the other stuff um, she's
3: really just like the, the oh man. Master today.
4: she's just she was like wait if i just speak to them with a the voice of authority they're gonna do whatever i say we're like yes liz i'm sorry liz i'm sorry i'm so sorry what oh my god psyching me out uh well annie thank you so much carter thank you as always pleasure shout out to the fam shout out to anna uh we'll see you next week and uh enjoy the summer here we go
2: Talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the bulls, snacky tunes.
5: This program is powered by Simplecast.
2: Thanks for listening to Heritage
5: Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter